Check out Unpacking Israeli History podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, and welcome to Wheel of Death. Every week on Wheel of Death, we... No, Sophie's... I liked it. I mean, we can do it. Go for it. Okay, Wheel of Death. Uh, I'm your host, Margaret Kildray, and each week I tell you about cool people in history... Oh, I have to, like, continue the Wheel of Death thing. I can't just cut back to the... This week on um, Wheel of Death, we talk to you about a cool thing that is a wheel that that leads to death, which is also cool. We're Um, all strapped to... It's the cycle of time. We didn't really do it, but we somehow did it. Yay! Okay, I'm your host, <laughs> Margaret Kiltroy on Cool People Did Cool Stuff. And every week I tell you about cool people in history, like rebels and queers and rebel queers. And, you know, people who dress up like animals and throw bricks at rich people's houses, sometimes mm-hmm. vaguely in the name of God. With me today is my guest, Garrison Davis. Garrison, how are you? Hi, I was excited. I was I was really on the edge of my seat with the whole wheel of death bit. I was like, "Oh wow, there's so many Sorry. places that that this could go." Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't considered well ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You there's know, like a the, metaphor in there. But. The real wheel of death is just living in a collapsing capitalist dystopia. That's right. And Garrison, who are you besides someone who lives in a collapsing wheel of death? Um, I write podcasts a lot of the time for a show called it could happen here um i also occasionally do investigative journalism and spend a lot of my time looking at upsetting things and most importantly have really really cute cats yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i do i do yeah okay well the other voice that you've heard is sophie our producer hi sophie are you excited for the break yeah, this is the last uh, the last week of episodes for the year. Um, cool people do cool stuff, and Cool Zone Media are taking time off for a little bit to. I was gonna say take a break, but I really feel like none no, of us are. Kidding. No, I was like, we're not, no, like, not going like, to believe happen. it. We're not I, catch like, up on work. Every, we're not every year, a break. every year, Robert and I are like, we're gonna take time off, <laughs> and then it's like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. But no, hopefully it's... I get to pet some some cool dogs and some cool cats and some cool goats, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Yay. 
Our audio engineer is Ian. Our music was made by the incomparable musician Unwoman. Thank you, Ian, for editing our stuff all year. You're, you're yeah. the greatest. We are very appreciative, Ian. Hi, Ian. So, Garrison, this week we're going to talk about something dear to my heart. Near to my heart? Whatever. It's both. We're going to talk about, have you ever heard of this holiday, Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So, I grew up very putting Christ in Christmas pilled. Yeah, you're the I, I never, perfect guest for this shit. I never really got to experience any like secular Christmas. Like I, I never mm-hmm. once believed in Santa at all because that was yeah. Because if you rearrange Santa, it's Satan. Like it's it's never yeah. That's I was very like you know we have to read all these chapters of the Bible and we'll exchange gifts and stuff. But it was it was you know we'll we'll go to like the the uh, Christmas themed like nativity show and you know it's it's all 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 that kind of thing. Did they ever in this in this uh, upbringing that you had around Christmas? Did they did they refer to it as like a traditional way of re- of handling Christmas? Ever? I'm just curious. I mean, they we traditional in the sense of like they would they would complain about how Christmas has been like commercialized by mm-hmm. like secular corporations and been turned into this thing about that's just about buying things. Now, not that they're actually against buying things because they're still all like right. capitalist Christians, but they'd be like, oh, they're they're trying to. Trying to dis- all of the malls and all of the all the big businesses are trying to distract from the true meaning of Christmas in the traditional sense of 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 being you know yeah. Jesus in the manger. Well, today we're going to talk about traditional Christmas, which is not at all what your family celebrated. It's uh, it's it's not it's Jesus completely in the manger. ahistorical. We are going to talk about the war on Christmas, and not the way that we usually hear about it. We're going to talk about the 1,700-year-long war on Christmas waged by people who hate fun, who have tried (laughs) to sanitize and strip away all the beauty and glory and gayness and rebellion out of one of the most riotous and wonderful times of the year, the fucking winter solstice. We're going to talk about feasting and wassailing and Saturnalia, Yule, Christmas, actual Bonafide Christmas, and we're going to talk some shit on Puritans. Going to be ready put for the that? Saturn back in Saturnalia. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I don't really know enough about Saturnus. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm going to start by covering a bunch of different fucking holidays because there are so many holidays that share this time period, and I'm not even talking about. Like other faiths Kwanzaa or like or yeah like so i'm Hanukkah. so so I'm, yeah so i'm not talking about that stuff i'm talking about stuff within the sort of christian origin so like yuletide greetings and we're like kind yep. of in, in that all right all right yeah and i want to start with the like weirdly most earnest one that i'm excited about and saint lucy's day you heard of saint lucy's day i have I, I just heard about St. Lucy's Day earlier this year, but I did not look into it. I just I just saw it was a thing. I was like, oh, that's not St. Nicholas. I wonder who that is. And then I continued on in my day. Yeah, yeah fair enough. That is, uh, I am new to St. Lucy's Day. So, okay, you know how any given group of people can be oppressors or oppressed pretty much just based on their relationship to power? Yeah, that is, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. So... The Christians were oppressed for a while, like a long time ago, for about 2,000 years ago until the early 300s, you know? 
when they became a whatever the opposite of oppressed is. I'm not. Quite are, sure. are you saying they're still not the most persecuted religion on the planet? Because that's because that's what I was taught as well. Oh, interesting. No, okay. I, I genuinely do not believe. <laughs> <laughs> So while they were actually being oppressed, they did all the stuff they should have done while being oppressed, which is fight against that oppression. And the early Catholics were like pretty notorious for mapping all their stuff, all their stuff on the pagan holidays, right? The story that usually gets told is that the the crafty church was like, how do we steal stuff from the pagans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that part's sort of true. But the other thing that was happening is Catholicism in particular is, is famous for its syncreticism. Yeah. Or syncretism, or you'd think I would have looked up how to pronounce the most important word in what I'm talking about today. The Catholic Church shows up somewhere and is like, you're all Catholic now. And people are like, all right, what does that mean? And the church is like, we'll tell you in Latin. And people are <laughs> like, I, I don't speak Latin. And the church says, non mihi curi est, which is my... My Latin joke. Uh, it means that's not my problem. Very funny. Yeah, thank you. Um, I don't speak Latin either. I uh, yeah, yeah, me neither. Yep. So, you know, it's the it's the fucking forever go times. People don't have radio yet, so the Pope and the Church and even the Roman Empire have a little bit of a problem with power projection in that they can conquer places, but communication is so slow that places continue to have a decent bit of autonomy. Um, this is an oversimplification, but you get syncreti- syncreticism based based on this. Uh, shit that's halfway Catholic and halfway whatever else people already had going on. So people kept celebrating their holidays, and the church was left with little choice but to accept those holidays and kind of do the best it could to rebrand them. But in many ways, and that's the sort of central argument I'm going to make today, is that people just kept doing the things that they were doing for thousands of years and just being like, oh, okay, it's Christian now. Yeah, now they got told that there's like some Jesus-y rapping over top of something that, that predates yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as they can still cross-dress and like bring trees inside and demand shit from rich people, what do they care? And, you know, the most famous, like the examples of this we can see is like Easter is really obviously a fertility spring, like yes. spring thing that has nothing to do with Jesus. It's about eggs for fuck's sake and like bunnies. So Christmas happening around solstice is not a coincidence. But there's another not-a-coincidence Catholic winter solstice celebration. And this one was like, in some places, and specifically in Scandinavia, it's even more explicitly not a coincidence that it's a solstice thing because it's a celebration of light. And the reason Catholics ended up with more than one solstice holiday is because of the calendar fuck-up. So like one of them's December 13th and one of them's December 25th, and it's because of weird Julian, Gregorian shit that's totally over my head. Got it. The Feast of St. Lucia, St. Lucy's Day especially popular in Scandinavia for some obvious reason, uh, like it's dark there. It happens on December 13th, and it's a celebration of light. And it's the story of a martyr, Lucia, but it's also the story of mutual aid done at a terrible risk, which is why I like it, and also not wanting to marry some asshole you don't like. I'm going to quote a zine by my friend Ren Arai, who's been on this podcast before. St. Lucy's official hagiography, or Catholic saint biography, is violent and sort of boring. In brief, she was a Christian living in the late 200s CE when Rome had a policy of rounding up and executing members of this, at that time, fringe religious movement. When she was forced to marry this high-up Roman government dude, Lucy tore out her own eyes to prevent the wedding. 
In the midst of all of this, Lucy's Christianity was discovered and she was executed in this horrible way I won't go into and became a martyr. But I find Lucy's death to be way less interesting than her life. As a well-off Greek Sicilian, Greeks ruled the island before Romans did, she had resources and used them to support fellow Christians in hiding in the catacombs beneath her hometown of Syracuse. Sneaking out of her house at night, she brought them food, and to keep her hands free to carry provisions, she lit the path through the catacombs by wearing a crown of candles on her head. Which is just an image I like because it's really fucking metal. Yeah. And to quote a little bit more from that zine, the zine is called On St. Lucy, the Solstice and Mutual Aid. The story doesn't begin with a martyr plucking out her own eyes or a saint sending a ship full of grain to a starving city, which is a later part of the whole thing that I'm not going to go into. It starts with a simpler miracle. A young girl walking through catacombs beneath an occupied city, her arms full of emmer loaves, cheap wine, garum, and oranges, the limestone path lit by candles bound to her head. She moves slowly, careful not to drop her load or cry out when hot wax drips on her shoulders. Roman sentries guard Syracuse and are always listening. At the end of Maze of Tunnels is an alcove where heretics, worshippers of a tripart god, a sort of Orpheus, have made a home. They reach for her bundles, stuff bits of bread into their mouths, take swigs of wine, say, bless you, bless you, daughter. And a lot of the rest of her story, basically all of her story, it's buried under so much fucking I, I am a Catholic saint thing that it's impossible to tell what actually happened, right? Sure. There's like versions where she lost her eyes that got added a, million, a thousand years later. The earlier ones don't talk about her losing her eyes. Ren makes the argument that maybe the whole thing about a suitor and all that stuff is beside the point and it was actually just the mutual age shit that matters. So that's that's the setting the scene. That's going to be the one of the solstice days. I mean, I, I have got. so much more mm-hmm. sympathy for this era of Christianity, as, 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 especially the people who are kind of more uh, on the Gnostic side of it at, at this point. Yeah. Uh, before, the, before the Catholics like teamed up with the state. Yep, because like all of this type of stuff that you're talking about sounds way more cool and metal, and it's like it's been it's people trying to like it's 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 doing way more interesting like mysticism that's divorced from a lot of the like um, dogmatic practices that were that were common at the time. It's people trying to sort through, trying to trying to build stories about about like spiritual development in a world that is currently under threat of empire and that that's why they're trying to find new ways to build other forms of spirituality and yeah. it's it's so much it's so much cooler and then as as is often the case the 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 people then once they gained power became the oppressors themselves yep yep no that this is the the fact that you come from a conservative Christian background and then also are really into Gnosticism and shit was like why I really wanted you to be on this episode. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so there's another holiday that the Christians celebrate around the same time of year. It's that one that, again, you've you've heard of, many people are familiar with. It's called Christmas. And the canonical story of Christmas goes something like this. There was this couple, Mary and Joseph. They weren't fucking for whatever reason. Maybe Joseph was gay and was keeping Mary around to be his beard. I think supposedly God was like, hey, don't fuck your wife until she has a son. I don't think too hard about this. Anyway, one night, an angel shows up, visits Mary. He's probably a series of spinning concentric rings or something. Like One biblical. can help. Yeah. And he's like, this is totally chill. Don't, don't freak out. Let's, let's do it. 
And Mary's like, yeah, let's do it. And then she I mean, gets pregnant. I, I would. If, if a series of concentric eyeball rings showed up at my bedroom at 3 a.m., um, I, I know what I would do immediately. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like, there has to be at least 17 eyes or I'm not interested. Yeah. I mean, and thankfully, there is, there is eyes, eyes within eyes. So yeah. I, think, I, I think the bases are, are going to be covered. Yeah, I, I think much like Mary, we were good. That's enough, right? And um, <laughs> she gets pregnant. Uh, Joseph is like, sweet, this is totally cool with me. And then at the end of December in the manger, they give birth to a kid who is pretty much guaranteed to be a trans man since um, the kid's name is Jesus Christ. Uh, but he has no dad, so therefore he has no Y chromosome. <laughs> so he's XX. <laughs> To say nothing, of course, about Eve, who was cloned from Adam and is therefore XY. So, so true. Yeah. This is what's really important. You know, there's mm-hmm. also, so like, there is this version of the story that, that, we're also, that is often taught in church. But some people in church would also teach a slightly different version of the story. Okay. In which we don't actually know when Jesus was born. Oh, yeah. But the, the, the date of December 25th, comes comes from uh the comes from the magicians coming to visit Jesus and they they mapped out where he would be based on like star charts and 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 that and that led them to figure out where he would be on December 25th so ah. so like years later when the magicians came with gifts they mm-hmm. came on December 25th which is then why we give gifts on Christmas that that is the other story that they were right. that, that was told which is weird because it's not only including like astrology it's also including like actual magicians which uh, yeah. most 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 of modern Christianity doesn't really like to talk about yeah, the fact that three sorcerers are like an important part of the Jesus story is really interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, it's so weird. And in the like more medieval Christmas that we're going to be talking about, the the Magi show up 12 days later as the 12 days yes. of Christmas and it's called Epiphany. It's January 6th. And then there's like, I read like five different versions of how they came up with December 25th. I didn't hear that one. That one's really interesting. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible when Jesus No, was born. this is, this is, Pure, pure speculation. Yeah. Okay, so our guy Jesus, he grows up to be really important. He gets murdered by the state, like actually a lot of our heroes. I'm not really trying to paint him as a cool people. To, what, whatever. He's fucking complicated. I'm not opening that. I've opened a lot of cans of worms right now, but I'm not opening that one. <laughs> people celebrate his birthday by buying Playstations or whatever and then getting really mad about living in a multicultural society where not everyone believes in Santa Claus. Um, who is totally not a were-goat from Finland, but we'll talk about that later. Based. So, that's the story of Christmas. It's boring. Let's tell a better one. Christianity's whole claim to fame is that it's not paganism. Like, they pretty much define (laughs) paganism as, like, not us, right? That is, like, what it means to be pagan in a lot of ways. But Christianity, especially Catholicism, is so fucking pagan. It's extremely pagan. And that's kind of the main thing it has going for it, from my point of view as a, you know, folk Catholic or lapsed Catholic, whatever the fuck I am. There's blood sacrifice, there's blood drinking, there's cannibalism, there's tons of gods with shrines that you can go around and pray to, like you're in Skyrim visiting Daedra. Tra- there's like tra- transmutation. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird stuff. Yeah, you can walk around with a crown of thorns, you can walk around with a crown of candles. You can weave branches into wreaths. You can decorate trees. You can cross-dress. You can carry a horse skull around. You can demand rich people give you shit. You can 
get drunk and accost the aforementioned rich people. Um, lots of stuff you can do. Christmas. Nowhere in the Bible doesn't mention Jesus' birthday. In the fourth century, the church was like, let's say it's winter solstice nine months after spring equinox, which was when he was uh, conceived. Because the angel and Mary got dirty during the fertility rites. Yeah, um, which is like, again, if, if, if you're looking at this from like a from like an anthropological standpoint or like a standpoint of like pagan folk rituals, you're like, yeah, that obviously makes sense. There's a yeah. reason why the story is told in this way. Yeah, no, totally. And let's have our God be born on the exact day that the sun begins to return to the world because we're so totally true. not pagans. And this isn't also the holy day of Sol Invictus, which was declared 25 years earlier uh, or 26 years earlier or something. Jesus totally isn't just another sun god. Nope. <laughs> sun, sun, sun god, son of God. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So December 25th had, pre- or rather this, I think it was specifically December 25th. I should have put this in my notes. I've spent so long reading a million different fucking holidays and got all confused. Uh, the holy day of Sol Invictus, which is the unconquered sun, which is the official religion of Rome before Christianity took over, but not by a long time. So... Sol Invictus is fucking weird. Um, and most of the people I know who are like, most of the people I read about who are into Sol Invictus are not like, if you meet someone who's like, man, you know what rules? Like, Imperial Rome. You're not meeting a good person. Yeah, red red flag. <laughs> yeah. So, it would be too easy to say Christmas is just the continued celebration of Sol Invictus. It wouldn't really be true. There's a lot of arguments happening about how the worship of Sol in Rome, uh, which was sort of predate Sol Invictus or doesn't. There's like lots of fucking arguments you can get into. But specifically, Christmas revelers took more from other traditions. Specifically, medieval Christmas, which is my favorite Christmas, took a lot from Saturnalia. Yes. So let's talk about Saturnalia. Saturn was a god of time and abundance and agriculture and liberation and a bunch of other shit. Roman gods had very expansive portfolios. Which is very impressive. They do seem to collect a lot of like, I don't know, like magic cards. Like they have a really strong hand, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Rome was around for a long time. Uh, Rome is still around. But like ancient Rome as a sort of imperial force, around for a long time. And before there was the Feast of Sol Invictus, there was Saturnalia. It was a week-long festival centered on winter solstice. And... There's not like a specific pamphlet historians have found that's like in Latin and it's like how to celebrate Saturnalia. Instead, people have had to cobble together the best that people can understand. And so it's probably like conflating a lot of different times because this was celebrated for a very long time. But Saturnalia absolutely happened and we know some stuff about it. And it's fucking interesting. For a week, masters served their slaves and every, which is this role reversal thing that was going to come up again and again. Everyone wore bright, tacky clothes against the style at the time. Everyone got free speech for a hot minute. So everyone basically like told their bosses and their masters and shit what was up. People gambled, which wasn't normally allowed. They used coins and nuts for their gambling. And they gave everyone presents. The festivities were presided over by the Lord of Saturnalia, uh, which was decided by drawing lots. Everyone got together and drew a lot. If you won or lost, depending on how you looked at it and depending on how anthropologists are interpreting this particular thing, you become king for the week. You are the king of Saturnalia. You're not actually really in charge, although everyone has to do what you say, it's, but you're in charge of sowing chaos. You give commands, everyone has to follow. And yeah, it'd be like, 
I don't know, everyone stand on their head and run around and do whatever weird shit I come up with. Be a lot of pressure, actually, to be the the Lord of Saturnalia. You'd be like, yeah, I have to be the most hedonistic that anyone has ever been. The, 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 I have to plan to be the most chaotic thing, which is it's challenging. It's it's it is it can be challenging to plan to plan out chaos because chaos is often spontaneous. Yeah. Do you know what else is chaotic and disruptive of our narrative? Oh, uh, is it capitalism trying to convince you to buy things? It is um, in this very well fitting. <laughs> Here, learn about some shit you can buy while I complain about what happened to traditional Christmas, which is supposed to be about chaos, not Christ and not pre- well presence. Yes, actually, maybe it is a return to traditional Christmas. Who's to know? Return with a V. Yeah, here's some ads. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we are back. And I don't get the reference. Return with a V. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just doing a, just 
a, a small yeah, eco-fascism joke. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Gary, you're doing some light fascism right there. Oh. <laughs> Just <a> sprinkle. <laughs> like the Roman, like when you like carve it into stone and like yes. so you use a V instead of a U. See, Margaret, you yes. got it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of contemporary politics and how they refer to ancient things. That's literally my job. Contemporary politics <laughs> is ancient things. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. So there's also human sacrifice, which is fairly chaotic. I will say, because like <laughs> chaos is not inherently good or bad, right? No, chaos, chaos is beyond good and evil. What a fantastic yeah. like, lead-in. So! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks. So the exact type of human sacrifice is subject to debate. Uh, dead gladiators were definitely offered up to the god Saturn. And I feel like that's like halfway cheating in terms of human sacrifice because the guy's dead already, right? But yeah. also at the same time, he died because you had a he bunch died of gladiator being, games. Being a gladiator, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which uh, the whole gladiator thing, whatever, I'm not going to do a total tangent on it. It's way different and more interesting than you think. It's not just two people go into a death pit and one person leaves. It's not... Beyond Thunderdome. Gladiators actually, like, often survived and lived fairly long lives, and people didn't die every time because it was this fucking sporting event that happened for hundreds of years. Yeah, people it's, did it's, more die, like, but... it's, it's more like how people play football and get horrible concussions to and, and shorten their lifespan. Yeah, it's like halfway between MMA fights slash professional football and what we conceive of as gladiator fights, I feel like, is the actual gladiator fights. Got it. But... People did die, and probably more during Saturnalia for some because they needed some dead people. They get offered up to the god. Later, the Romans were like, "What if we use candles as representatives of human life, and we sacrifice these candles by lighting tapers?" So it's possible that the tapers part of Christmas, where everyone has taper candles, it's possible that that traces back to sacrificing humans. <laughs> Really really makes you look at those candles differently, huh? Yeah. It's also possible that the Lord of Saturnalia, after being king for a week, was sacrificed to Saturn. Which is, like, way more metal and folk horror of a story. Yeah. What a weird few weeks that would be. Wow. I know. I know. You're that like... Was- you just, like, go out <laughs> with a bang, you know? I guess so. You just... you. You don't care what happens because it doesn't matter for you. <laughs> yeah. I, that would increase the chaos. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. And, uh, and I, this is not my favorite part because I don't think you should slit fake kings' throats. Um, that's what real kings are for. Yeah. Shortly after Saturnalia was the first day of the new year, Kalends. And Kalends is actually the first day of any month in this whole thing. You get a, a holiday first day of every month. But Kalends, the first day of January, New Year's Day, was like a real big one. And Kalends, there were gifts. In the northern regions of the empire, there was cross-dressing, just like a fuck ton of cross-dressing. It gets called ritual transvestism. Unfathomably based. Yeah. Wow. No, it, and this continues for thousands of years, I will just say. So, some would say people are still doing it now. I know. If you want to celebrate traditional Christmas, go to a drag show. That is more traditional of for Christmas. I, I, that is what my plans are. All right, great. And also dressing up like animals, just part of it all, part of Kalens. This goes in great because I'm going to a drag show 
dressed up as Catwoman because I'm going to a Batman Returns themed drag show, which is, as we know, the best Christmas movie. So I will be both, both, both cross-dressing and wearing an animal costume. True Kalen spirit right there. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer is really a Kalen's icon. I absolutely. <laughs> do you know? Who, this do is... you know who that is, Margaret? Yes, as an actress who is in movies that were around when I was younger. So true. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I'm. I couldn't pick her out of a lineup or tell you what movies she's in. Besides, apparently, she's Catwoman. Hilarious. And. In my defense, I am both name blind and face blind. Oh, I know. I pretty much keep track of everyone based on their haircut. And if they change their haircut, they're different people. Yeah. So sometimes when I write my scripts, I forget to put in names because I'm like, no one will remember a name. It's meaningless. (laughs) It's a meaningless signifier. Why would you include names? It's just random mouth flaps. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. This is the closest I can find to a true origin of Christmas, is Saturnalia. There's other stuff, and we're going to get to it. We're going to get to Yule in a second. But celebrating the darkest time of the year with chaos, revelry, and role reversal. So let's talk about more of that. Let's talk about Yule. So Christmas borrows a lot from Saturnalia, but Christmas gets called Yule sometimes, right? And that's the stuff of Germanic paganism. We don't know a ton about Yule as it was actually celebrated because... A lot of Germanic pagan information was filtered through Christian observers, uh, which is really interesting for this is my main one of my main arguments I used against like the Nazi Germanic pagan types is that I'm like, oh, you like specifically think all of these specific things that are very similar to Christianity. That's totally not because a Christian monk told you that a single man was the most important fucking anyway, whatever. What is important is that. We go into ads again, again, (laughs) just it's really important that we get two ad breaks in this episode. That's what's important in life. So here's here's some of them. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. (sighs) 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Yule was a 12-day celebration. Uh, the name Yule literally means Odin. Um, oh, I, I, did, I, did, I did not put that together. Yeah, one of Odin's many names is J-O-L with some marks over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pronounced basically Yule from Old Norse. And Yule is a big old feast. There's ale. There's sacrifice. Uh, including probably human sacrifice at various points. Um, there's a lot of stories about prisoners of war from Rome being human sacrifice. People can get into fun arguments about this stuff. Um, I'm like more worried about uh, offending the Norweboos than the Christians in terms of like people who are going to get up in my mentions about this shit. But, and when they would do these sacrifices, um, called blot, I think, was the Germanic pagan style of sacrifice, you intentionally cut the throat so that arterial blood goes all over everyone in the audience. And so then they would sit down and feast. And this, I know more about them sacrificing animals, but then they like sacrifice the animal and then they eat the animal, which doesn't seem like a sacrifice. Yeah, that's, that, that's, like, that's like preparing it for slaughter to like eat. Yeah. It'd be like, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like you're giving up much if I'm like, I've, I'm prepared to sacrifice a lot. By continuing to have what I have. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll have it in your name, dear All-Father. But, you know, whatever. I'm, who am I to tell them that they're doing their sacrifice wrong? They sit down and eat feasts covered in blood. And if I had anything to say to them, they would murder me. So, And they would feast. The burning of the Yule log comes from this tradition. And the Yule tree, the Christmas tree, you'll be shocked to know comes from Yule. Uh, really, it's 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 not a representative of the tree of life, like what I learned. Oh yeah, no, it is not. I mean, it could be many things. Uh, sure, <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh huh. Yeah, no. It's about like basically like if you're cold, they're cold. Bring them in. About like tree spirits. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's great. Good. <laughs> um, that's actually that's actually pretty rad. Yeah, because I actually assumed that the bringing the tree inside was like a when it became a Christmas tree, because it seems like a very modern, destructive consumerist thing to like cut down a living tree and put it in your house and watch it slowly rot. But they bringing the tree inside to decorate was was often part of it. And they would also like decorate their houses like branches and wreaths and shit. And they would decorate trees with images and icons of everything that they wanted to bring in with the new year. So it wasn't even just specifically like, oh, we want the tree to look pretty, but like, like it, 
in my house, we, you know, decorate the tree with all of these different Christmas ornaments that are very, like, specific and particular, and they all have memories associated with them. That is very fucking traditional Yule Christmas. And also decorating the tree with nuts is probably a fertility thing. Everything was a fertility thing. It, obsessed with sex. What's wrong with these people? One problem with researching anything pagan is that there's a ton of fake history around and or not even like fake history, but like incorrect information or like best guesses that get presented as fact. And I mean, I'm literally doing my best guesses as presented both as fact, but I'm trying to be aware of that. There's this persistent rumor, and I'm wondering if you've heard this rumor that the decorating of trees in pagan times was like entrails of sacrifice. No, I've not heard that, but I mean, I, I, could, I could see how you'd be like Christmas garland. It's like hanging intestines around the tree. Yeah. I can't find any information besides like lots of people talking about that rumor. No one's like, this is a true thing. Well, there are some things, but they're on like really, they're like on websites that might as well be GeoCities with like animated GIFs of candles or whatever, you know? It's completely possible. I don't fucking know. But candles and nuts and fruits and icons and shit on the tree, absolutely. And like Colens in Rome, Yule came with men dressing like women, women dressing like men, and all, everyone dressing up like animals. <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as you have a moment where you like drop social norms, everyone's like, fuck yeah, time to cross-dress. And that rules. The dressing like animals was like probably a little bit less like modern furry culture and a little bit more like I'm a spooky ghost. Here's a skull of an animal or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of more 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 in line with some of our current Halloween stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a lot of weird overlap. We're going to get to a sailing later. There's a lot of overlap between Halloween and Christmas and all of these like chaos traditions. They basically like, kind of split out the chaos parts of Christmas and gave it to Halloween. Also, both Colens and Yule had leaving food out for the deities. Uh, I mean, Santa Claus, whatever. <laughs> the, the Angles, like of the Anglo-Saxons, called the main night of Yule Mother's Night. Only they called it in English instead of English. And the food was left out for the hungry mother spirits because they just wanted to be metal as fuck, right? And I'm really into this, especially since I'm pretty sure it was my mom who left eight the cookies we left out for Santa. The hungry mother. Mistletoe may or may not have come from Yule specifically. It wasn't a Christmas thing until the 18th century. The, the mistletoe got like added either back in or added in for the first time. But mistletoe is pagan as fuck. The white berries are the semen of the gods. Alrighty then. Um, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone who was like, everyone who was like doing something else while listening to this episode is like, er? <laughs> all everyone do is perked up. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because they're poisonous as fuck. You know, you know. So, nope, nope, not gonna make too easy, too easy, too easy of jokes to make. Not doing it. Okay, well, I was gonna say it's a note to self about don't go down on gods. Oh, I uh, see. I can't. I can't. I cannot oh. support that though. Sorry, you're I willing cannot. to you're willing to risk the yeah the poison. Abs yeah, no. I've, <laughs> here's like I've, here's like as a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing after this. No, I've, <laughs> <laughs> this is like Enough a of series of concentric <laughs> eye rings shows up in the background on the Gare's screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
mistletoe garlands everywhere. Amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and this is like how, so it's this incredibly potent fertility symbol, the mistletoe, because it's like the semen tree or whatever. Um, the, and so this is how powerful syncretism is. Because it's at the fucking 18th century, and people are still adding new fertility rites into Christmas shit. This wasn't even one that, like, held on the whole time. This was, like, in the 18th century, people were like, you want to bring that witch shit back into this? And everyone's like, yeah, I do. Like, let's make out (laughs) under the fucking, under God's semen. Um, um, Another thing that comes from Yule... So Odin is one of the central figures of Yule because it's literally named after him. Yeah. And Yule is famed for the wild hunt. And the wild hunt is found in a ton of cultures. I really like the wild hunt, especially the Canadian 2009 film called The Wild Hunt. Oh. Oh, shit. I've, I've, not, I've, I've not watched that. It's a, my it's a LARP Canadian gone background. wrong movie. Oh, I feel like you. We have talked. we have talked about this before. Yeah, I've tried to make we, everyone we, watch it. We almost watched this, and instead we watched uh, Night Riders. Night Riders, yeah. which was not a bad choice. <sighs> no, start, Night Riders let's not is start better. The Night Riders thing again. Robert will hear us and then bring it up in every conversation for at least two months. We don't. Need okay. This. We don't need this. Well, the movie The Wild Hunt. A lot of my LARPer friends don't like it because they don't like any LARP gone wrong movie. But um, I enjoyed it. Anyway, the wild hunt is this thing that's found through a ton of cultures. It's this, like, ghostly hunt through the heavens. Sometimes it's led by Odin. Sometimes it's led, um, like, hunters or the ghosts of the dead. It's in, like, it's not always led by Odin, right? Because it's in a ton of fucking cultures. And there's just, like, pale riders and just, like, all this shit is, like, really fucking common. It's this thing that people fucking see. And they either see it in the woods, on the ground, or they see it in the fucking sky, in the heavens. And then they, like, attribute all this folklore to it. and um. I'm really interested in it because I've spent a lot of time living alone in the woods and sometimes at night you hear the wildest shit. And I'm just like, like I have a night where I was like convinced I heard the wild hunt. I might have been sleep paralyzed. A lot of my understanding of mythology comes from the fact that I suffer from sleep paralysis. I mean, yeah, because that's, (laughs) that's, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Anyway, sometimes the wild hunt abducts people. Sometimes it's an omen being like, you see the wild hunt, you're going to die. I didn't die, uh, to my knowledge. And there's versions of it all over the place. And it's Santa. Santa riding around in the sky. Face is the fucking wild hunt. I mean, that, that's, that's super interesting because like, a lot, like this, 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 this idea of like the wild hunt, right? Some mm-hmm. of that in a folklore sense has the modern version of that would be like alien abductions. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Like, and that's kind of like the, that's kind of like the high strangeness idea Yeah. of like, there's been these types of stories and the, that, that are, that are either like referencing some type of hallucination or some type of like dream state that we enter to sometimes. And it always filters through whatever stage our culture is in. So sometimes it's stuff like this in the wild hunt. Yeah. Sometimes it's more like sci-fi with the, with like, the little gray aliens sometimes it's you know a, a weird sleep paralysis demon coming into your room and transporting you to an, to an, another place yeah there's like all these all these like slightly different versions of it no that's i like that i really like that um alien abduction is the new santa i mean the new wild hunt <laughs> and then santa himself is a mix match of a 
ton of different shit. A bunch of different European cultures will sort of claim Santa. Um, but for my money, Santa Claus is a mix of old Saint Nick and this Finnish creature, Julapuki, uh, mm-hmm. the Christmas goat, mm-hmm. who is a pre-Christian figure. And he's basically a were-goat. Sophie, have, you've heard of you've heard yeah, of this creature. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have not. Oh, Garrett, you'll like this. Yeah. I've been like I, I've been like Krampus pilled for a long time, but So yeah, he's this like man who turns into part goat, part man sometimes. So he's a fucking weregoat. And he wears red robes like lined with white fur and rides around in a sleigh pulled by reindeer and scares kids. Oh, really? Huh. Huh. Curious. What what do, <laughs> what does that remind me of? Yeah. So Santa Claus is a fucking weregoat. Sometimes he's an invisible spirit who helps bring in the new year by helping the light return. Okay. And it's like worth noting here that Finland has its own pagan traditions, um, several different ones. The different Finnish tribes have different uh, religions and pagan cultures that are separate from like the Germanic pagan traditions and also separate from the Slavic traditions. Closer to the Slavic ones as far as I understand, but please don't quote me on that or please don't yell at me, Finns. And if you do, um, just yell Berkele Vito Satana at me. And I'll be like, hey, 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 I know what those words mean. And then if you yell any other words, I won't understand them. So, oh, yeah. And then like St. Nicholas, the whole thing with him is that, well, that's the Protestants fault. I think we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> Basically, everyone has solstice holidays, usually filled with weird demons in the sky. How could you not? And now let's talk about medieval Christmas. Just kidding. Now let's end the episode, and you have to wait till Wednesday to hear about medieval Christmas. Whoa. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat till Wednesday. I know. We definitely don't record these back-to-back. Mm-mm. We record these gonna be, live when they drop. going to be peering, peering out of the night sky, hoping not to be taken away by <laughs> a, a, a scary ghost man. I was so, <laughs> I was so scared of uh, alien abduction as a kid. No, yeah, that it's, actually it's... tracks magpie. <laughs> <laughs> now I live alone in the woods, but I still feel like you're afraid of alien abduction. <laughs> I don't know. I like like sometimes my friends come over and then they're like, "What was that noise?" And I'm like, "I don't know, something outside." And they're like, "How does that not scare you?" And I'm like, "The outside makes a lot of noises. I'm in the forest." Yeah. No, but like that, that the the whole wild hunt, hunt thing is very reminiscent of the type of like forest, like forest alien abductions that people talk about, and it just it kind of it, yeah. it, it does it connects connects to the overall high strangest idea of of you know of of these types of of being taken to these other places that we see yeah. throughout folklore, even stuff like um Elijah being carried to heaven in like chariots of fire, like it's 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 the same it's it's the same idea. Wait, I don't know um, that. And Tell it, me that. That's just like. Well, just like um, you know, there's I'm a there's, bad Christian. If that's a Christian, there's just thing. multiple m- multiple stories of, uh, in the Bible of, uh-huh. of people being 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 taken up and then sometimes uh sometimes returned. Uh, Enoch being one, uh, which is you know resulting in stuff like the Emerald Tablet. We have we have uh Elijah being taking being being taken up um inside inside a chariot. Mm-hmm. But you know, so like that's like. An, an alien craft coming down, picking you up and taking you up into the sky. Yeah. Like that's, that is what that story is. Um, we oh, just have different, different versions of it lasting now. And then I love that like lights in the hills and the skies is like a persistent 
part of folklore and they're just like a part of people's like lived experiences of just like what's that fucking light over there is just like a thing that happens when you spend a lot of time away from cities cool okay well we're gonna talk about revelry on wednesday Gear, do you have garrison you'd like to plug? garrison davis do you have anything that you would like to tell our listeners yeah what are you plugging what are you plugging well, I, I just wrapped or up a series that I that I I, I I just I just wrapped up a series that I wrote with uh, my colleague James Stout about uh, trans people living in a ranch in rural Colorado and how they survived an attack by fascists. So that's that's on it could happen here. It's a four part series. So that that just that just wrapped up. That's kind of the most recent thing that I have uh, that I've done, and I I, sh- I should have I, I should have a very interesting article coming out soon but i do not know when that's gonna be fully fully published but you can if you follow me on either twitter or instagram at hungry bowtie you will certainly certainly be uh alerted when when this uh bizarre bizarre thing is finally is finally published and if anyone would like to get to know garrison well uh (laughs) please transform yourself into a series of concentric rings embedded with (laughs) eyes within eyes and uh, show up at their PO box. You know, sure. If 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 you go through all that work and all of that transmutation, then I'm I'm surely I'll probably talk to you. That is <laughs> that does that does seem slightly impressive. <laughs> Margaret, you uh, you have a, a book that is available for pre-order, correct? I do. Yeah. Um, my goal is to always have a book available for pre-order yeah, the entire yeah. run of this show, apparently. Uh, <laughs> my current book available for pre-order is called Escape from Incel Island. It is a adventurous science fiction adventure novel, novella. Um, it's very short. You can read it in one day if you're the kind of person who's like, I like the idea of being someone who reads books, but I have a hard time paying attention to something for a long time. I highly recommend Escape from Incel Island. And if you're an incel and you live on an island, I highly recommend Escape from Incel Island. But also you have to stop being an incel first. <laughs> That's, oh, you can buy it by going to tangledwilderness.org and it is available for pre-order now. And Sophie, do you have anything you would like to plug? No, just at Cool Zone Media on Instagram and Twitter. Yay. Oh, yeah, we're because this is all part of Cool Zone Media, we're which is cool. Bye, everyone. Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. Going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.